I'm not saying money is not important. I love money. Of course, I want to have, you know, a good life, stable, and be able to provide for my family. I'm not complaining about money. I'm, I'm complaining about lack of purpose. I'm complaining about lack of values. You know what I mean? Because if the goal is to keep up with the Joneses, thanks so much. I'm not up for that. Welcome to the Bro Novo Podcast, the podcast that models healthy communication for men, empowering them to start the journey of self-work. Now here's your host, Thomas Pierce. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Bro Novo Podcast, where we model healthy communication for men. My guest this week is Peter Pedro. He is a recording artist from... Brasilia in Brazil, who lives in San Francisco. Peter is someone who has done a lot of thinking about his values and how to authentically live them out and the type of person he wants to be. He's a very deep thinker, and we had a long and wide-ranging conversation. This might be a good one to break up into two, but I left everything in there because I did find it valuable, and I know you will too. Enjoy the episode, and we'll see you next Thursday on the Bro Nouveau podcast. Peter, hello, my friend. Hi. Hey, Thomas. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to hear you get, you know, get your thoughts on record. And so you're the second in uh, the musician series, which oh, is very exciting. Cool. Yeah, but it was interesting too just to hear about your before we were catching up, and you're kind of taking a a different, a new approach to your relationship to your music at Correct. this point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess to start. It sounds like you grew up in a musical household in some perspective. You said your father's side. My, my, my dad, he's a classical musician. He plays the lute. Lute is this uh, instrument um, from uh, Baroque era. It's um, European Arabic. It's um, from the 15th, 14th, 15th century. Meaning my dad is a character. He's definitely um, very peculiar because of his musical interests. Um, my dad is a classical musician. And and our relationship was um, has been centered around music. I wasn't raised by him. Mm-hmm. I was raised by my mom and 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 stepfather. So yeah, so my dad is a musician. Yeah, and, cool. And, the lute. It sounds almost like a like a mystical oh, thing. Absolutely. You know, like you'd hear about it, like a medieval book or something. <laughs> and and. Because I'm I'm from Brasilia, Brazil, Brazil's capital, and like nobody, there's no um, history of background. Like nobody. I mean, what I'm saying is, <laughs> he created a course of lute. He's a musical teacher. So I actually respect my dad a lot because he was able to manifest um, what mm. he intended. Like, if you think about Brazilian culture, we are not known for mu- classical music, right? right We're right. definitely not known for that. And, <laughs> and, and, and so he was able to create his own world within his interests. And he has, like, you know, students that have moved on to like Europe where they 
uh, are still uh, uh, following the path of, of, of the loot. And yeah, I think that, but my biggest connection with my dad, it's, it's on composition, songwriting. Um, I have always showed him, uh, my musical creations. Nice. And cause he's, a, he's really good in giving me notes. Um, and then you haven't asked that, but it's what I think of, um, for a long time when I sh used to show him my musical ideas, he would want to teach me something, right? Oh, let me show you what you can do with this idea. But I'm like, dad, I like funk music. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure like that, this language that you were right. Different like, languages, you know? Yeah. So, cause he, his way of experiencing music, it's kind of like closing his eyes and, and being, you know, completely immersed, like in, in, in the, in the listening versus I, I like moving my body when I'm, you know, like right. if I like this song, I'll, I'll be shaking my hips. Yeah. Yeah. Astral jam. Yeah. But that's an example of yeah. its sensuality is, yeah, it's, 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 it's about feeling good. Also feeling good in touch with your body. You know, um, I think that there's an opportunity to make a point here. I love music that it's sensual, not sexual, mm. right? Right. You can feel sexy, but it can be an individual experience. Like you close your eyes and you, and you move your body and that creates sort of a, like feel good vibe. Yes. That's what I love about funk music. I think that it offers that possibility of connecting with your body. And being sensual, I love that about funk music. Same, uh, dude. yeah, yeah. Because, because even if you think about the 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 way the word was um, created, it, it it had to do with um, jazz jams. And then when this the music got very sexy and funky, p h o n k y, funky. So that's where it comes from. The funk, it's the feeling, it's the um, maybe spiritual elevation, maybe, you know, the joy that comes from feeling that beat yeah. repetition. And yeah. So joyful. The groove. Yes, for sure. The groove, baby. Yeah. I, I grew up on funk music. Really? Yeah. Interestingly, there was this album that my mom would always play called pure funk. It's a compilation album. Hmm. Oh my God. I would love Ricky James so much. Yeah. And so we would listen to that and we'd go on these road trips to Ohio every summer. So I grew up in Philadelphia, in and around Philadelphia, and then we would go to Ohio and my mom would play this, this pure funk album. And I didn't know like the history, you know, like the black culture and what it represents and kind of the whole backstory and the, you know, the evolution from jazz and, the influences that all that stuff I've kind of learned about as an adult, but just the feeling of that really influenced me, man. And then I made a group of friends out here who are major fans of like a kind of a new wave funk band, hmm. like funk and soul kind of band. And I was like, it, I was like, why did I like, why do I love this music so much? And then I realized it's because well, one is great music and two, cause it, is kind of what I grew up on in, you know, mm. indirectly. Like it was a lot for me, it was a lot more like hard rock, you know, like, like classic rock, American seventies, eighties, 
mm-hmm. stuff I heard a lot, mm-hmm. but that stuck with me. And now I've kind of gone back and I listen to a lot of jazz now. Oh. And I have like one of my big, I have two like major dreams as far as my self development that I've had for years and I've like kind of executed on them, but not entirely. Uh, learning Spanish and playing piano again because I grew up playing piano. And that's on my that on my list. Solid goals. Uh, the first one is a shared goal. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, there is this. Um, I'm I'm from Brazil, right? And living in the US since 2012, so nine years now in counting. And I had no idea that I was Latino. Like, mm. so I moved to LA at the time. I, I I when I first moved to the US, I I was living in LA. And I, you know, and I getting shocked with this information that, oh, I'm Latino. And, and I'm like, what, what, what does that mean? And so it's been, you know, uh, a goal of mine also to learn Spanish because that's who, that's how I'm perceived in the U.S. People look at me and they assume I'm maybe Mexican, mm-hmm. but and then they hear my accent. Oh, maybe he's in Mexican, but you know what it is about him. Right. And so but he's not white basically. Correct. And, yeah. and also because the way us looks at South America and Latin America is it's this one whole thing, mm. but like Brazil is a really big country and we speak <laughs> Portuguese and you yeah. know, so like to have to tell people that no, 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 I, I actually, but, but the point I'm making is, I, 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 the feeling of being Brazilian and not speaking Spanish in the U.S. is like I'm, I'm out of the conversation because I'm told I'm Latino, but I don't speak the language. Right. So I'm like, what, what, what does that mean? And, and so, <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm, I'm up for the learning Spanish yeah. uh, uh, goal there. Yeah. All right. Good man. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it will help me understand what does it mean to be Latino in the US, which is actually, I'm super passionate about this topic. Um, um, cause I think that the Latino community is now has an opportunity now to be represented in, 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 in ways that it isn't. And so that inspired, I get inspired by that, like to somehow learn how to support Latinos. Fantastic. Yeah, that's that's interesting, man, because I would imagine growing up in Brazil, you're just Brazilian. You don't exactly. identify as Latino particularly because everyone's Brazilian in Brazil. Exactly. And then it, it probably like, you know, if you go over to or down to Chile or over to Ecuador or something, you're not like, hey guys, we're all Latinos, right? Like you don't it's only when it's only in the context of the U.S. where we are obsessed, like U.S. culture and like white people, consciously or unconsciously, are obsessed with this identity. And is it like, are you white or not? And no one ever says that, but that's the pervasive context we all live in. Correct. You know, and it's so it's interesting, like to hear you say that and your experience of like, yeah, like only when I got here was I. This was like forced in my face. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and was actually, it wasn't easy at first to um, see my, my sense of self identity being challenged because that's how I felt, you know, because if I compare to who I was in Brazil, maybe I could risk saying that I had something 
close to white privilege because I come from, um, like my grandparents did well. One was a doctor, the other was in real estate. So like I, I grew up as class, medium high class. I had access to good schools. And so I didn't grow up struggling. I didn't grow up as a minority. I didn't grow up having to prove myself mm-hmm. to prove my value. Like, you know, cause the, the, so fast forward to the experience of being Latino in the U S there is this message that I have to prove myself every day. My value doesn't come from my solely existence. Like I, just to be here is not enough. I have to prove my worth. So in many jobs, I faced like this type of environment where um, maybe because of my accent or, or like there was some sort of barrier uh, in between me and, and, and maybe the, the white status quo that wouldn't pay attention to what I'm saying just because I'm not, I don't fit a specific criteria. So right. like whoever this guy, you know, and so, but, and then I think I like the challenge to, to show that I'm maybe that I have thoughts that I, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm, uh, Intelligent. That I'm, yeah, that I'm mental capable. You like that I'm intellectually capable of, right. like, so, so, um, sure, it, it partially affected my self esteem, but it also, um, encouraged me to maybe, like, tap in my best self, right? Like, oh, so wait a second. If I have to prove myself here, how would I prove myself? And, so I, I think the answer w- that I found was via um, self-development courses and, and things like that, like to really understand who I am before I commit to a meaning of who I am, M- meaning the outside understanding of who I am, right? I'm Latino. I am a minority. I am um, maybe different uh well you're creative as well i am and i don't sorry to cut you off or jump in i i I appreciate that perhaps perhaps that fed into it because there's also this societal conditioning around oh if you if you're a man and you wear creative outfits or you make music or you're expressive maybe he's gay or maybe there's something else. You know what I mean? It's feminine. There's feminine. Insensitive. All of these things, yeah. Correct. Yeah. You know, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> Hell yeah. When that comes Fuck up. Fuck yes, dude. You know? Same, yeah. Because, like, um, I was raised by women. Um, and I think that I... I developed very early on a sense of compassion to these women suffering that were raising me. So like my grandma had issues with uh, her husband, my grandfather, and I was like five years old and she would confess her self with me. Jeez, so, that's you know, a lot. you know, yeah. So like I'm five years old, six years old, whatever. And I'm processing uh, what's going on with my grandma that it's not happy with my grandfather. So, you know, I, I got very early on, uh, very attached to my, uh, my first, like my mom, my grand, how they, 
how they were doing emotionally. Because what I saw was that they they would they would share themselves with me. They would show you know their pain, their sadness, maybe their confusion. But and then the man would show up and they would change. And that since the beginning was very confusing to me. So like my grandma is here, she's like, you know, complaining about my grandfather, but and then yeah. he gets home and she immediately starts pleasing him. And I'm like, wait a second, you complained about him the whole day. He gets home and you're cooking for him. Like, what the fuck? You know? So, yeah. So I, I think that why do I take the compliment of being feminine or sensitive as a good thing? Because it, my understanding is that it helps me to um, read other people's emotions more you know because i i learned to see what they were actually feeling versus what they are showing that led me to be more feminine so i'm able maybe oh my god i'm even afraid of saying that if somebody criticizes me for having said that <laughs> you know because I, i mean it's just an opinion here right my opinion is that seeing uh these women that raised me hiding their emotions to maybe dedicate themselves to the to their marriages and to you know an idea of what it should be but i was very early on like aware that wow they're pretending they're fine but they aren't like there's they're hiding this you know so so i i don't i i'm 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 not sure if i'm i'm being precise in 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 what is it that makes me feminine here Uh, and because you know it's also not about gender i think it's just like this ability to um connect or or observe what the other person is feeling you know i think that i am very happy with having had this influence from these women in my life my grandma and my mom because mm -hmm. um To this date, I'm not sure if they are happy where they are at. Right. You know, but... Um, that's sad. Yeah. But, but at the same time, that's their choice, right? And... and For sure. Yeah, that gets into the, the boundaries and not letting someone else's life and their decisions seep into you. And yeah, I, I think I grew up in a house where the same thing was happening but it wasn't as obvious and I kind of internalized it. And when it, you say what was happening, just the situation of where my mom and my dad, both I'm sure were unhappy and mm. things were not right, but they couldn't communicate it. Oh, and so it wasn't as clear cut. I think especially, you know, we're a bit apart in age. You're a bit older than me. Mm -hmm. In Brazil, I maybe I, from what I understand, this is again the whole American generalization of south of here, but a more machismo culture, a more traditional culture, where you know, like that, those gender roles are stronger, right? Like, mm. woman would be expected to cook and clean. Like I my see. house didn't have that really. Like it was more, you know, a, a, a few generation on maybe from what you observed, but. Mm -hmm you know, my parents split up and I think the root of it was this, a very similar thing of like one or both of them 
not being okay and not communicating it and not having the skill set or the space, you know, whatever, whatever happened. So, yeah, I think that's uh, something I can relate to. And very- so, it in- so let me see if I heard you. So that impacted you in ways because you could see that something was off. Yes. And so you became hypersensitive mm-hmm. because nobody was telling you, but you were feeling it. Exactly, man. Exactly. And I totally relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I grew up in a house where my sister put her foot down and spoke up and didn't let things go. You know, if something was wrong, she named it and called it out. And she was a boss, dude. She was, wow. yeah, she didn't give a fuck. And she continues to not give a fuck. I love you, Megan. Best friend always. And yeah, so I think I agree, man. So that those experiences made me much more emotionally attuned. And I and I can be very uh, unaware. I can be very selfish and, and have my shortcomings for sure. I think comparatively to people who didn't grow up in houses with women or kind of like, like um, empowered women, mm-hmm. you know, there's a difference in, in kind of like the men downstream that we grew up to be. And so that kind of coming full circle to the podcast was some of the inspiration behind it was paint a picture and give, give role models to men about there are other options than men you can be. You can break this cycle. You don't have to, form a household and repeat this. I I agree 100%. And in a way, I'm 39 years old now and I am divorced. I'm single now, but I haven't felt ready to create um, a sense of family, you know, um, in which um, I could practice, you know, a new model of, mm-hmm. of uh, maybe more respectful or maybe more equal relationship. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm going to take you on this, <laughs> on this comment. It, it, it's, yeah, it, it's cause I'm, I'm, I'm seeing something here that I want to comment, which is, so since I said I'm 39, um, you know, there is this pressure that I should be married, that I should have kids, that I should have a house, that I should have, you know, should, should, I should, I should. Ah. <laughs> and well, I'm not there. I don't have kids. You know, I'm yet figuring many things out in my life. And, um, and, and so in my experience, um, what I chose was to, is my choices to, to develop myself until I, I mean, of course that we are, we are always going to be working. Right. But to me, it felt more responsible. It felt safer to choose to learn who I am so I can step in a relationship and create a family. Um, also being able to hold space for my partner to, to be herself or, you know what I mean? So, uh, uh, so, so what I'm saying here is that I have resisted, uh, this pressure of settling and creating what I should create a family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, because like I'm, I think that there is, um, I, I put responsibility in me to develop myself so that I can show up um, to a relationship and, and, and expect that we're going to be something more evolved than what we are comparing that our parents did. I'm not sure if it was a choice per se, but it's 
but it has been my experience. I have a challenge to grow inside relationships. Um, I I found uh, you know many times challenging to evolve from inside a relationship, um, and so <laughs> that was my choice. Like so, let me take care of me, get to know who I am, because mm. then I can come back here. And, and 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 also what I'm saying is that I'm not sure if our parents had the choice. I'm not sure if they saw that as an option. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, what do you mean? I'm going to wait and take care of me. Wait, no, I have to, you know, keep up with the Joneses type of thinking. I have to be like everyone else. And, and so I, I think that there is a new choice here, you know, and, and, and the choice I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out is, is, is this choice to get to know who you are um, and, and, and develop yourself. And I haven't found the person yet, but I, I feel hopeful that this work will lead me to a relationship that will be different than the ones my parents had. I know it will be different, dude. Oh, man. After knowing you, <laughs> I, yeah, it, I think anyone who meets you one time would know that. Thank to you, Carlos. I appreciate that. Yeah, Of course, man. It, it, you it, care. You, you put in the work. Yes, I, I am putting the work. And, and I guess that that's not something that society values, you know? I guess society values, you know, maybe the car you drive, maybe the trips you take. But when it comes to the self-development work that you're doing, I don't think it's a value for society. I don't think that most people will tap you on the shoulder and will say, hey, Thomas, congrats for, you know, working on yourself. It's more like, oh, people are going to be congratulating you for a new job. Mm -hmm. They are going to be congratulating if you have a new relationship, you know. So the achievement of personal growth, even in this conversation I'm having with you, it, it helps me see the value here, you know, as in it's important, self-development, self-growth. These things are important. And and not to say that it's the only path, it's the, but but it has been it, it has been the path that I that I that I found, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I I agree with you that it's not necessarily valued. I think that it's valued, but kind of in a misguided way. You know, it'll be like society will value, say somebody who has a really nice body who works out and they get validation for that. Oh, your abs look great. Or, Oh, but that's so superficial and temporary. What I see and what I value if someone has that is the dedication, the discipline in their diet, the discipline to work out, the discipline to not drink, the discipline to stay off drugs. That to me is what we should value about somebody who has a nice body, not their the physical manifestation. Sure, you know, sure. like that is temporary. And I think what's impressive is if somebody has the discipline to do that. So same thing with maybe the equivalent as a musician would be like, Oh, I love Peter's song. I love Peter Pedro's song. It makes me sing and dance and feel good. And I'm valuing kind of the creation, not the hard work and the hours 
and the songwriting, the composition and all the work that I didn't see beforehand that created the song, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of where, you know, cause like you can make a post on your social media right now and, and say everything you've been working on since the day I met you, you know, 14 months ago and a summary and people would be like impressed. They'd be, they can, they, they would congratulate you, you know, they would say good job because it's cool. But I feel like, yeah, I guess my thesis there is that I feel like society more values the, the end goal or the result as opposed to what you said earlier, which is, it's all about the journey, right? It's not necessarily about. I, I, yeah. That's what we were talking. And it's, it's hard to see. It's, it's hard to see evidence of personal growth. Right. What you were talking about, it's, it's like physical evidence. You can see, you can touch, you right. can tell people, look at that. I did it. I achieved. I'm a badass. But then when it comes to personal development, you're like, yeah, I learned how to process my triggers. I'm learning how to process emotions. And people are like, huh? <laughs> you're learning to process emotions? Okay, great. They're like, you. I don't eat processed food. Like, what do you mean emotions? I think we are talking about also um, self-identity. We are also talking about confidence. We are talking about... So what are the things that I that I'm proud of, right? And that I want to be seen as, that I want to be respected for. And in my case, you are giving me this opportunity to say I do want to be respected for the work I put in. I do want to be respected for the vulnerability of 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 holding the space to, you know, for example, one of the emotions that I had to learn to feel um, is sadness. You know, I'm a people pleaser, so I like to make people feel good. I like to make people feel warm. But and then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm carrying sadness. Oh, my God, I'm going to have to feel this sadness. And, you know, maybe because of my life history, maybe because my parents got divorced and I was raised by, you know, my stepdad and my mom's second family. Maybe I didn't have my own space. Maybe, oh, maybe I was abused sexually when I was a kid. And and, and then said, so that's kind of where the sadness comes from. Mm-hmm. And so, but, 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 but the good news I'm, I, I want to focus here is not on, on the, on, on the life history and the trauma itself. It's more like, the moment that I allowed myself to feel the sadness, it led to an action that felt different. So I felt the sadness. And then two, three days, I don't know, like sometimes it's, it's days, sometimes it's weeks. I don't know. And then, and then at some point I get to a new thinking. And that new thinking leads to a new action that wasn't available before I decided to feel the emotion. So that to me is very exciting. That to me is it, it, it's what makes emotional processing very important because when I face this challenging emotion that I resist, why? Because I want to be seen as a happy, um, uplifting, spiritual guy. But then I have sadness inside me. And, and what do I do? I don't want to show this to people, right? And um, But also hiding is not an option because and then I 
might be triggered in relationships and, and then I, I might show uh, this side that I hide. So being specific, I'm inspired by this emotional processing work. It's been offering me um, a lot of... Um, It, it has offered me a, a new path, you know, meaning, so for example, right here, I could try to make you like me or I could sit with me and try to like me. I can spend a lot of energy making Thomas liking me or I can take a pause and say, no, 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 no. But how do I like me without needing Thomas approval? That to me, it's part of the emotional processing. Wow. Yeah. That's very profound. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a cool well, guy. Take me a break now. Let me see if I like myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me look in the mirror and then I'll tell you what do I think. <laughs> you know, but, but thank you for that. Uh, uh, I, I, I appreciate the feedback and yeah, I, yeah. I, I take it as a compliment. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is, if my sense of identity comes from your recognition of who I am, to me, there's something off there. There's a, there's a codependency. There is, you know, some, some lack of something, you know, and, and, and so I'm attributing emotional processing as a way to kind of learn to take care of yourself. That's also what we were talking um, before we started the, the, the show here. It's that um, how does one learn to take care? For sure. Uh, but uh, it's interesting because I've also heard you say that you want recognition for your self-work. So perhaps because you're aware of the pitfalls of others' approval, you haven't shared as much about the self-work you're doing because – it's like, it's a, you know, you're learning, oh, I shouldn't get approval from others. So maybe you're not sharing enough actually on this stuff because there is a, there is a balance, you know, we do need others approval and not in a superficial way, but truly from like a friend, like, like I can say, man, like I am proud of you. Thank you. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and, you know, I, I see you're, you're, you're taking it and that's awesome. Cause like, I think about when I met you last August to now, I don't think you would have sat down to do this a year ago. No, maybe three months ago I wouldn't either. Right, and so that's that's beautiful, man. That's, that's growth. So, so I guess just my observation is like maybe on this stuff, it's okay to share and get that approval too, because it has been hard work, you know, and, and you deserve to be recognized for it. Yes, yes, and yes. Thank you. So I, I have, I, 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 I think I have two points here. Mm -hmm. Number one has to do with the environment. So I've been living in San Francisco for four years, and um, you know. I can joke about the woo-woo culture about, <laughs> you know, being esoteric and being into personal development and, and, and being, you know, and having a life coach and, and doing all like types of, of, of healings available. Like I've, I've tried many things. And, uh, so, so, um, so at first I'm talking about the environment. So I have seen benefits from, you know, being in San Francisco Bay Area and 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 seeing that people do uh, value emotional growth 
and and that's kind of something that I really like about here. So, um, so let's pause there. But and then, if I'm really honest with you, what I really wanted to show people is what they expect from me. So, for example, what people from Brazil expect from me, they expect me to have a big house and to host parties and to have three cars and to travel to Europe every summer. And so materialistic uh, social status achievements, like that's what I would love to give them. But and then where I'm at right now, that's not the case. I, you know, so, so for me to create the confidence that I don't have yet the money or the materialistic things, the material things that will give me this validation. It's a very new approach. Wait, so wait a second. I don't drive a Porsche, but I'm in touch with my emotions. So what do I want? You, you know what I mean? Totally. And so, so it's, it's very, it's very, it's, it's, Recently, it's a, it's a recent uh, shift. This one, in which I I decided to, for example, stop victimizing myself and 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 and, and be okay with where I'm at and 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 see um, the benefit of having chosen to look for the dark that it's in me, that the the things that because at the end of the day, um, the things that I don't process, they are the ones blocking my life, right? Because there are patterns that repeat. So I have a pattern, for example, of slamming doors. So for example, I have a hard time to put boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I get sick and I explode because I get so sick of a dynamic. So now I'm very aware of that. And now I think, all right, like I'm telling you today. So today I was asking for help. I was like, hey, can you please help me talk to that person? Yeah. I need help here, please. And 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 so that to me is growth. So for who is listening and and and, and I'm I'm having a challenge with somebody and I don't know how to um you know have a, a a clear communication with this person. So I invited a third person to maybe serve as a mediator and, and try to, you know, make us come to uh, uh, maybe an agreement. Um, and, 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 and so to me, I, I see that as growth. So I'm not slamming the door. I'm asking for help. Please help me talk to this person because if I go there with what I'm feeling, it's not going to go well. So totally. Yeah, that absolutely. And I think that's one of the simple things that men can learn how to do is ask for help and say, I'm not okay. Instead of letting it boil up and, you know, it's a hard truth, but men commit suicide at a rate exponentially higher than women. And it's a bit of a correlation or rather a a jump to say it's because women are better communicators and can ask for help and men can't. But to me, that makes a lot of sense in the, in the sense of, in the extreme examples of 
letting something build up and not ask for help and not release and not get help with that, that's what can happen, you know? Yes. And I'm actually reading a book going to have Dr. Christian Heim on the pod in a, f- oh. in a few weeks. And he wrote a book, five steps to men's mental health. Hmm. And he, something really interesting he said was that, you know, for someone to complete their suicide and actually to do it is rare. However, suicidal thoughts are not rare. And that is a very sobering thing and gives me motivation to keep conversations like this going because there are, there will be someone listening right now who is potentially suicidal. That's just a fact of life. It's the nature of being alive. Sure. I I get it. You know what I mean? And, but the thing is we don't talk about it. We don't, we don't talk about it. And men, you know, I feel like if more men could just ask for help and say, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, my world is shrinking and I'm scared. Like you can say that. You can say that there are people who are going to help you, you know, and, and so it kind of gets back to this nature of, of, you know, the various avenues of improvement um, that are possible for people. But yeah, man, I, I totally agree asking for help. I think the flip side of that too is being able to say, I'm sorry and admit for me, like what I'm wrong and owning that and just having to sit there and sit with that of being, yeah, I messed up. I hurt this person. Whatever the circumstances is another for me has been a big kind of, uh, growth mm, avenue. Yeah. To, to take ownership of your, of how you impact people. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think that's out. I think that's crucial. Yeah. That's very important. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm processing here what you just said about suicide and, and, um, I lost a, a cousin. He killed himself. I was 17 years old. He was 18. I woke up and he had killed himself. And that's actually part of the reason why I started to songwrite because I, that's how I found healing. It was through writing and kind of connecting with these emotions that I was feeling and, 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 and recreate maybe memories, you know, in a relationship with this person that is now gone. So, um, so I, I, I give a lot of importance to what you're saying. Um, and, and I think that, um, so for example, the, the benefits of, of Bay Area, men's group, I've joined men's groups and, and, and so, you know, very interesting work to be present with other men that are also doing their work that are also, you know, processing whatever they, but the reason why I'm, I'm saying men's work is an example of how we as men can hold space so that we can be vulnerable and we can share ourselves authentically and, and go to the issue and etc. But, uh, I think my, my counter is, um, how to find this, these communities, how to find the friend that is actually going to be able to hear you without dismissing your suffering or without dismissing your challenge. Um, you know, personally, despite the work that I've been doing, um, I'm, I'm still kind of looking for 
uh, relationships that, you know, uh, I can be real, that I can be, and that I can also expect them to be real with me. It, it comes to, if I'm sharing myself to somebody, to Thomas, I'm sharing myself to you, and then you share yourself to me, right? And then we create a bond, we create a trust. Oh, I can be vulnerable with Thomas and he's going to listen to me, right? I think like that's very important because it's not every friendship. It's not the buddy that I'm having, that I'm drinking beers. Maybe that's not going to be the buddy that I'm taking a puff with. I don't know. The, the guy, you know, my, my workout buddy, I don't know. Uh, 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 who you're trying to uh, share yourself with? In in my experience, I I I am always looking for um, people that can, you know, listen to me and and not not maybe and not dismiss what I'm saying, but also, yeah. So I crave to be understood, acknowledged. Understood and acknowledged. Yeah. Heard. Yeah, These heard. three things. I want to be heard, I want to be understood, and I want to be acknowledged. And I navigate towards relationships that offer this to me, you know? And 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 and, and what I'm trying to uh, uh, reflect here is to like in in this um with with, with this since I moved from Brazil, I, I, I moved away from many friends, right? Friends that I thought that they were, you know, my friends forever, my friends for life. Yeah. Some of them I have never talked to in nine years, maybe 10 years. I haven't really had a conversation with them. Wow. So that really impacted me, Thomas. I was like, wow. So because I'm, 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 my decisions are leading me, right? Like moving countries and, and, and trying new things and improving myself. Like they, they took me away from people that I, that I used to share myself. And, and within this journey, I, I found new people. So I think I'm trying to uh, create an encouragement for people who might want to, you know, have a, a deeper conversation I, if I'm very honest, maybe it's not with the people that you know now. Maybe it's with people that you're gonna get to know. You know, maybe it's people that are gonna show up in your life and, you, and you can manifest. Yeah, because I don't know. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't trust my 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 party friends. I, I'm I'm not judging party people. I'm just saying I don't know if in the you know if warming up to go out it's the right. Totally. Timing for me to be vulnerable and to say, "Hey guys, actually, I'm going through something. Well, <laughs> let's take a shot and let's go out." You know what I mean? So absolutely, um, man, dude. Yeah, I was I was in an environment. My buddy played a gig the other night, and I went to support him. Mm -hmm. And the vibe of the crowd it reminded me of being back in college, and not in a good way. Oh. <laughs> it was very like you know, and like it was music, and it was art but just the energy in the crowd it felt like i was at like a frat party hmm. as you have heard of i'm sure yeah through the american culture mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i was like this is this does not feel good to me mm. you know i was like this is and i saw some friends i know you know and, and and i know that like yeah the thing was i was there alone too oh and that was a new experience for me recently i haven't i haven't gone to anything 
by myself in a while and not really know. Like, I knew Jack, my buddy Jack, who was performing, but I didn't know anyone in the crowd. And it just felt like I was like, oh, yeah, like this is kind of like I've moved my life away from this intentionally, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because it didn't, it didn't serve me, man. Yeah. And, and so, let, so let me see if I'm, if I heard you. Okay. Um, so I think what we are talking about here is that um, sometimes to have a deeper conversation, alcohol might not be a good fit. Yes. And I'm sure that individually there were people in that crowd who, are self-aware and who care about, you know, who are on the same kind of wavelength we are, but something about that night in that space with that group of people, it was kind of like unabashedly hedonistic isn't the right word. I don't know. Cause like I can go in a similar environment, say like with my rugby team and none of us are on the self-improvement conversation. Like it's still a party, but it just feels more like, I don't know. Maybe it's more just like I'm, I'd rather be in that kind of environment with people I'm aligned with. Maybe is what I'm saying. I see. I yeah. see. To have your own crew, like yeah. your own group of friends. Yes, because and- I know, like with my with my rugby guys, I know we're being silly and you know we're having fun, but I know if anything bad happens or I do have a breakdown or whatever the heck happens, like they have my back. Being in that space, I didn't really know anyone. And I was like, I don't trust you fucking people. Yeah. You know? And so, like, why would I let my guard down? Why would I be vulnerable? You know what I mean? You know, Thomas, as we're talking here, I'm having this thought, which is, like, one of the things that um, I most appreciate in, in, in what we're doing here as far as seeing the benefits of vulnerability and sharing yourself authentically and, and, and things like that. Um, so for a long time, man, I, I saw that as, um, as, as, as something that I, I wasn't really proud of it because like I could be sounding maybe needy. I could be sounding easy, insecure. I could be sounding, you know, what I'm saying is, I used to share much more with people that I shouldn't be sharing. Right, right, right. Okay? And within this practice of talking with people, I I started, I I would leave the interaction the opposite of nurtured. I would be, (laughs) you know, I would be like, I would be like, wait a second, I'm sharing myself vulnerably here, authentically here, and then at the end of the conversation, I'm feeling worse. And and it's not a good feeling because no. you are taking a risk to share yourself authentically. You're 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 taking a risk to reveal something about yourself that people don't see firsthand. And then sometimes it's not a good turnout. And and so so for a long time, I, I had this self-criticism, this self-judgment that like, maybe I'm too needy. Maybe I'm too sensitive. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's something wrong with me. Like, and, and that's not a good feeling, right? Like, oh my God, I want to. And so fast forward, 
I learned that, oh, I was trying so hard because my biggest need, as we, we said before, is to be heard, is to be understood, is to be acknowledged. That's the need I have, okay? But not anyone. So I found relationships that offer me that. And in those ones, I, I hold to, to my heart, you know, like these are my best friends. Mm -hmm. If I call somebody and I start opening my heart and and the person listens for 30 minutes and bounces back with like, hey, dude, you know, I heard you. You're not alone. I also deal with that. Like, you know, I feel it, it's it's life changing. It's like, whoa. So I'm not crazy. So maybe I'm not that sensitive. So maybe I'm not complicated. Maybe there's nothing wrong with me. Um, I really need people who get me to listen to what I'm saying. And, and, and so most recently I am, that's been the case right here in our conversation. It's, this is happening right now. And then mm -hmm. I feel validated and then yeah. I feel confident. And then I'm like, Oh, so there is value in being a man who does self work. So there is value in a man who is in tune with their emotions. So there is value in being a man who it's okay making mistakes because like the, 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 when I, when I look at this, you know, subject of um, toxic masculinity, like this is, these are the things that I don't see. And sometimes you see that in women. I'm sorry, but sometimes I see that in women. Totally. You know, so the, yeah. So I, I, I'm inspired by the conversation that we as men, it's okay for us to, to be needy, to be fragile, to be vulnerable. I, I, you know what I mean? And, totally. And to there's be, so much to be human. There's yes. And there's so much beauty on that. And, and, and I appreciate the, the opportunity to talk about these things, Thomas. So I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm thanking you for uh, this conversation um, because at the end of the day, I showed up here today, of course, to, to connect with you and to share ideas. But what I'm getting from our conversation is that it's an important thing to be there for our friends, like for our male friends who need it. But I, I don't know, man, because like, I think what I'm also saying is that my self-judgment tells me that I shouldn't be vulnerable. I shouldn't be too emotional. Like I'm losing time doing that. I'm losing focus doing that. But, but I don't think that's the case. I think, I yeah. think, you know, for sure. My, my, yeah. So we'll pivot over to the three things game. Cause uh, okay. after this, but parting thoughts on that, I agree. I, I feel you. I see you and I hear you and I acknowledge you, my friend. Thank you. Of course. And what I tell myself about this stuff and being vulnerable and putting my name behind this program and <laughs> drowning my friends in this stuff constantly is because I truly believe that in order for me to grow into the person I'm meant to be, I have to do this. And if I don't do this for me personally, I will be a 
shadow or a mere imitation of what I could become as a person, as an individual. And the, the scale of people I'll impact will be minuscule compared to who I could impact. And I think if there's someone else out there who this is their path, conversation, connecting with people, asking questions, listening, like if someone doesn't get exposed to this kind of stuff and it's their path too, then it's such a waste. So that for me, that's what, that's kind of how I validate it internally and how I get over my own blockers with it. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cause Absolutely. I have self-consciousness, man. Like, dude, this whole thing is like my f- fucking name, you know, this, I'm like doing it, you know, yeah, and this is yeah. my plan. Like this is my plan to make this my business and, and make this my career. So that's got big step, you know, but it's cause I believe in it. And I think it's, important and yeah i'm I'm happy to happy to do that yeah cool man i i i what i'm also hearing is that you are supporting your community by creating a space um where people can talk about these things and i totally navigate towards that that's why i'm here today mm-hmm. you know because i value this type of conversation i i, I value um, finding other men that are willing to show what they're going through, you know. So I, 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 I'm the type of person that will definitely have more fun sitting at a coffee shop and talking about, you know, and hearing what you're going through than I don't know sitting having a, a, you know, I would rather have a coffee with somebody who is going through like some emotional challenges than sit and have a, a Chardonnay in the afternoon and, and talk about a game, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't yeah. want to do that. The yeah. second, that's not my choice. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, man. I get, I do both. If it's rugby, it's fine. If it's, okay, if it's, sure, sure, if it's sure, rugby, sure. I'll do that shit all day, but no, I, I completely agree with you. All right, man. What month is your birthday in? Uh, July. July. Okay, yeah. so you're up first. Here's your question. Okay, so the question is, the question is, what are the three things you have learned about commitment? Wow. Uh, the, the first answer is, the first thing I learned uh, about commitment is that once you commit, for example, um, to growth, I don't think there's a way back. It, 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 meaning, uh, commitment, it, it's perseverance is, is, um, kind of like trusting that your path is exactly what you should be doing. And so, com- so the commitment I see here is like the commitment is not the, the, the end goal. The commitment is the journey. So I'm very committed, for example, to develop myself emotionally and to develop myself. Uh, and, and, but how, what's the end goal of, of somebody who is emotionally, um, I don't know, mature. Maybe that's the word to use here, but you know, it's kind of a hard thing. You, you can't really touch it. You can't really, you know, so, so perseverance, like, like, I, I see that as a, you know, as a, a, I'm committed to, for example, become a better self, a better version of myself. 
And I don't know how does that look like. And and commitment is to go through the the the, the darkness that it's going to show up. And it does show up. And I th- I think that, that that's also another, for example, uh, way of looking to why talk about these things. It's so important because, as I said earlier, when you start processing an emotion that is hard, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. So commitment means despite the challenge, despite the darkness, it's to keep going. And then eventually you start getting like new bites of, of, of new new thoughts, new ways of thinking. And like, and that's so inspiring. So commitment is to make sure that you're going to face the, the lows and eventually you're going to go up and then you're going to go low again, but and then you are more. Yeah. So that's the first one. Secondly, <laughs> um, here's a good one for us. Um, so I, I, I'm, a, I'm a musician. I'm, I'm a recording artist and um and i'm very committed to my music but what i have learned about it is that my commitment is with my artistic voice my commitment is with like it's with my art and not with what people think about my music so the com- my commitment is with my music. It's not with making people like my music. You know what I mean? Yes, yeah. That's huge, man. Like the moment that I decided to like see my commitment with the message I'm creating, the legacy I want to leave behind, because, you know, that's kind of what inspires me to songwrite. It's like, wow, can you imagine when I'm 60 years old, look back to the songs, because they represent where I'm at. They represent what I'm going through. So so commitment to me is 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 also like commitment with my internal truth, my development, my my and 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 not so much with um yeah i'm I'm committing with my artistic voice and not with what how people perceive my music so that's that's uh the second and the third one i'm gonna talk about family um i have always been very loyal to my family very committed to play the role of a good son of a good cousin of a good now uncle and and this commitment um had a cost that i'm no longer willing to pay so i am committed to uh having a relationship with my family but not at not at the cost of my individuality so the commitment here in relation to so you know to my family is like it i'm i'm evolving this relationship with my family, you know, and, 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 and so, so the commitment I have here is like, how can I respect who I am and still have a relationship with my family? Not the other way around. Like for me, because where I'm coming from is for me to have a relationship with my family, it costs my individuality. So my commitment is to flip that coin and to commit with who I am, not with who they expect me to be. So if I'm hearing you on that last one, 
it sounds like you learned that commitment is only worth it if it's on your terms in the sense of you grew up with this understood un- unstated perhaps uh, agreement with your family. You know, it's like Peter, Pedro, you're going to be part of the family, but it's on these terms. That's exactly and, true. And that's what you committed to maybe subconsciously, maybe no one ever wrote that down, but that was understood. And now you learned actually, fuck that. True. I'm not going to commit to things I didn't sign up for anymore, or that don't serve, that they don't serve me, even if it's my family. Correct. That's a massive thing, you know, because you're such a warm-hearted person. You know, like I, I have I have buddies who have rifts with their family, and they don't. But it's not like I don't know. I think that some people can just make that cut, you know, and it doesn't really like get them deeply. But you know, you are such a warm-hearted, generous person. Like I, I know that must be a, a real thing. I, I deal with that every day. Yeah, yeah. Every day I wish that I had a relationship with my mom, for example. But also, <laughs> I don't want to have a relationship with her in the terms that she wants to. Well, but but, but I, I want to put, I want to give context because I think what you said was very spot on. So here's a context. Um, part of this family um, started to tell me that I should come back to Brazil because I was a failure in the U.S. because I hadn't made the money I should because I didn't accumulate material things. You know, I don't have like belongings or whatever, whatever. And man, that was really hard to hear. So wait a second. Are you saying that... My success, in your view, means me having status quo? And, and and I can answer, yes, yes. That's what they were telling me. Yes, you have, like, for us to respect you, you need status quo. That was the message I heard from my family. And then I was like, wait a second. I value other things. I can't commit to an empty superficial status quo. That's mm-hmm. not who I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, to me, my sense of self doesn't come from the drive, I, the car I drive, you know, but in a way that's the value that it was imposed into me. So, because we're talking about, I was telling about my mom. So I had to tell her, Hey mom, listen, I reject these values. I'm so sorry, but that's not what I think it's important. And um, so, and then I had the, the opportunity to choose what my commitment is. So my commitment is um, with, um, you know, values that, um, I think I think I, I I don't need to overthink here. I, I, it's very basic. Um, my value as a human being doesn't come from status quo. So my commitment here is um, to find ways, new ways 
to understand what 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 can I offer? You know what I mean? And 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 and, and so so when I as I go about life and I meet people and 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 you know um and I start meeting people that value other things as well. Like I'm not saying money is not important. I love money. Of course I want to have, you know, a good life, stable and be able to provide for my family. I'm not complaining about money. I'm not complaining. I'm 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 complaining about lack of purpose. I'm complaining about uh, lack of values. You know what I mean? Because if the goal is to keep up with the Joneses, thanks so much. I'm not up for that. Well said. But that's kind of like I appreciate the 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 the. the but it, I don't know, Thomas. I but for example, and then I'm gonna leave here as we finish this. I'm gonna go out and you know, it's a very. It can be materialistic, right? We we are we are talking about one of the most expensive cities in the U.S., not to say in the world. So, uh, I mean, uh, uh, the outside world, like what we see out there, might not match what I'm saying. And so, I so thank you for acknowledging what I said for for putting you know a, a positive reinforcement on, on, on this thought, because I think that, um, as we go on in our lives, I, I, I think that we are still expected to fill out, you know, to, 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 to do things that, that, um, that it's our choice. It's our commitment. Like what, what are you, you know, what it's freeing, what it's liberating about, um, creating your own values it's because you can create your own sense of importance you can create your own sense of what is important to me and sometimes what is important to you is different than what is important to your group of friends then it's different than what it's important to and and what i found is that it's really important i i found what things i value i i i value art i value art expression I value uh, um, deep conversations. I value compassion. I value um, support, mutual support. I value, um, you know, good living. Like I, I value sun. I value water. And and then like, um, okay, great. These are the things I value. And 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 but but there's one thing that we didn't say that we didn't talk here. And I I, I just want to touch real quick before we go. It's like sometimes I don't feel safe to be happy. Sometimes I don't feel safe to do the things I want that 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 I know that will give me joy. And this is a very it it to me it it's um it's it's the one challenge I still have in 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 my personal development is to find ways to feel safe to allow myself to be happy to allow myself to do the things that i like doing because if i'm really honest to you i think i i'm since we started talking here i saw myself as somebody who had delivered right like yeah i am emotional in tune yeah i am this and that but in fact i'm doing work because like um 
it's still a challenge for me to allow myself to do the things I like. Because in a way, even though I'm saying all these things about commitment having to do with my personal values and not with what is expected, but I'm still impacted by not meeting those expectations. You know, there's part of me that it's still ashamed and guilty for not doing what my parents expected from me. And, and so, so, so that's, so that's where I'm at, my friend. I'm, I'm really wanting to learn how to take care of me and, and, and find safety, emotional and physical to, to have fun. You know, because I think as an immigrant and as, as somebody who is away from, from my family, um, I, 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 I don't know who to look up to when I need protection. So for me to educate myself that I'm my protector, my brother, this is one of the <laughs> biggest, uh, this is one of the biggest lessons of my incarnation is to how do I feel safe? Seriously, how do I feel safe to navigate life? Mm-hmm. You know, and trust myself that I'm able to protect me, that I'm able to take care of me, that I'm able to provide for me, you know, and and to be continued. <laughs> like, you know, I mean I, I'm yes, meaning yes. I, I I think I will overcome, but I'm just being very vulnerable and honest here that I don't wanna show up here in, in, in this on this podcast like with this um sense that like Hey guys, look what a badass I am. I've done all of this and now I'm, I'm in great shape. No, it's like I'm doing a lot of work. I'm appreciating the positive feedback of the work I'm doing, but I still have big issues to break down. And one of them is it's, it's safety, emotional safety, physical safety. And this one is, is, is like, it's a big one. It is. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, man. And you shared a lot. So thank you so much, man, for your, for your vulnerability and your honesty. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's, I got I my question too. Go ahead. If, if, if I may. Yes, <laughs> yes you may. <laughs> All right. What are three things I've learned about passion? I'm a very passionate person and I am learning number one, as I get older, that passion can start the fire, but I don't think it can keep the fire going in the sense of a relationship or a pursuit. Like this podcast, for example, like I'm loving it right now and I'm saying all this stuff about my goals for it. Some days that passion isn't going to be there and it's going to be something else that has to take over if I'm going to continue to follow through on my commitments, right? So I'm saying that passion can be fickle in a sense. So I guess maybe number two would be I want to learn how to identify the difference between passion and something deeper or something more sustainable. Because for me, my I, I can kind of get distracted. I can I have long term passions like my rugby, for example, like that's like in my blood at this point. But I've also had a hundred other passions that I've dropped and I haven't stuck mm-hmm. with. And my friends who know me from a long time will will laugh at themselves right now because 
you know, that's a thing. So I guess the, the third, third lesson that despite that passion can be kind of fickle and, and come and go, I would still so much rather have a life of things that excite me and motivate me and I'm passionate about than just to be like meh about life. Sometimes you meet different. people, people, in, people are indifferent about this life, man. It like upsets me in the sense of like, what a waste, mm-hmm. what a waste of a gift. You know, this person's been given, they're squandering, you know what I mean? Especially here in the U S especially if they're American, honestly, it's like <laughs> we were born Americans in this place of opportunity and everywhere else around the world, people literally leave their families to come here for a better life and a better future. True. And you're going to fucking waste that. Get out, get out of my face. <laughs> I hear so anyway, that question got me passionate about that, but yeah, man, it's like, you could fucking do something with your life. What are you going to do with it? You know, not you personally, but no, I, I, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Well, I, I just feel the need to say this one last thing here. Um, to respect people for where they are at, mm. right? I, I hear you. I hear what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that I I am really doing my best, Thomas, to learn how to accept people for who they are, despite of how they make me feel. And if I can respect one for who he is and... That doesn't mean I have to approve or disapprove. It just means accept, right? I, I, I see a lot of power there because um, we don't, we never know what people are going through. So I, I, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I also think that you know it's important to uh, get out of your way. I also think that it's important to find, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I also agree with the passionate thing. It, it's just that sometimes um, we pressure ourselves to do, and, and that coming back to the safety B that was doing. So part of, of what I, one of my like great lessons, it's that it doesn't work for me to pressure myself to do what I'm unsafe doing. So I think. That's what I heard there. I just so I, I wanted to make this exception. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course, people should be passionate about. But if you're fucking scared of doing something, it's okay not to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because because to push yourself to do what you were afraid of, it's a very bad life quality. Quality of life. It's a bad quality of life. Like, um, there's growth there though. But yeah, I, I agree, man. I also like. I don't go around yelling at strangers to be like, "No, sure, yeah, you should be passionate." Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, no, it's, it's more like the con- like uh, with my close friends and like people who get close to me. I demand a lot of them, and I expect oh. them to hold me to a high standard too. That's my style of friendship, and not everyone can hang with that. All right, we have to we have to end this recording. Peter Pedro, thank you so much for your time, man. We'll keep talking. Where do you want to uh, send anyone to your music? Where can they find you? Um, yeah, peterpedro.com. It's the website. Um, yeah, also peterpedro.com. 
um, Spotify. Um, yeah, look for Astro Jam. It's my latest single. I have a new song coming up soon. I'm uh, still figuring out the promotion. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, but Peter Pedro um, on Instagram is I am Peter Pedro, and um, yeah, I I will let you know when I'm when I'm about to release new music, and then maybe we can uh, you know have some fun. Hell yeah, man! Thank you so much for your time, dude. Thanks. Well said, and uh, thank you for opening your heart to me and and the people listening. Thank you for the opportunity to share.